Don't turn it off now. You need this stuff. Tampa Bay's Tantalk Radio Network. Hey, listeners. This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kirk at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer one, and great desserts. They even make their bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Lager Road near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Interesting story in qualifying for this race this afternoon. We'll get that story from the 1979 Indianapolis Rookie of the Year, a former Formula Atlantic champion, Howdy Holm. Thanks, Bob. It's nice working with you today. Interesting story in qualifying. Gene Felton won the championship three times in a row. He's on the pole by over two seconds. There are three women in this race, and on second on the grid is Kathy Rood. Very fast, very capable, and has a great future. I look to see her give Gene a tough time this afternoon. As they come down, approach to the very short home straightaway and prepare for the start of this race. They are in the heart of turn 11 right now. Felton has just dominated this series. He leads the points challenge by 23 points already, just halfway through the series. And there goes an engine already. Coming down past the pits now. Around turn 12, the setup for the start. And it's a single file start, but they get the green flag. And here we go with Gene Felton out in front. Into turn one, that left-hander up the hill. A very difficult turn, but they take it at top speed. Coming through there, they will be in fourth gear. Felton out in front in the battle. And Felton not adjusting anybody yet in that blue and white car. Felton with the lead, working his way uphill and right in behind him is Vern Smith, the 77 car. Right now it's uh, Felton and Smith out in front. Stamey with nothing but a disaster as he started out this battle. That's a terrible shame. He was the second fastest qualifier in the race. Working their way through the hilly section of Golden State International Raceway now. Coming down through turns seven and uh, five, setting up for turn six. I beg your pardon, that's turn seven. Now they're working their way down the S's, turns eight and nine, coming down, they'll come behind the grandstand section into turn ten. Many drivers consider that the most difficult turn on this circuit. These cars will go 20 laps, the minimum purse in this race, of $20,000. Felton qualified two and a half seconds faster than Vern Smith, but he cannot shake off Vern Smith. Back to the uphill section again they go, and now Felton starts to stretch it out a little bit. Nice crowd on hand, as you can see. Where there is a need to get that checkered flag. He's seen it before. He's hungry. He knows what it's like, and he's 
hearing all sorts of weird things now. He's sure a wheel's going to fall off, his motor's going to blow up, the oil's going to fall out of it. All sorts of things are going through his mind right now. But he looks like he's going to get it. He's well on his way to another well-deserved victory. That's a downhill run for Gene Felton, so he might be able to coast if something went wrong. Around turn 10. And into turn 11. Just a few hundred yards to go for Gene Felton of Atlanta, Georgia, in a Chevy Nova to claim another Kelly Girl Challenge victory, this one at Golden State. Felton under the flag stand, checkered flag for Gene Felton. Felton wins the Kelly Girl Challenge at Golden State Raceway by a lap and then some. And there you get a good idea of what a gorgeous setting this is for road racing in the hills of the Sonoma Valley where they make that marvelous California wine. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. This is Bill Warner of the Amelia Island Concord Delegates, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Welcome to our 300th show. <laughs> Here. Bobby, we need some music sound effects, all that other good stuff. You know, like you know, like the party thing, you know, all that kind of stuff. At any rate, um, yeah, hey, run your computers in Google Tantalk 1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studio. Don't forget to, don't forget to, see how excited I am? Don't forget to check out our website, GolfStreetMotorsports.com. If you've missed any of our past 299 shows, be sure and check out Nostalgic Radio and Cars, the podcast. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Bobby, why don't you finish up the uh, social media thing, because you know that real well. And over these uh, 299 shows, we have racked up Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Periscope, and LinkedIn, and LinkedIn, all Nostalgic Radio and Cars, with Twitter and Periscope being at NRC on air. Oh, yeah, and don't forget special thanks and a big hello and a shout-out to our buddy Ice Ice Jeffy and Speed Culture, the enthusiast mobile app. If you want to know where car shows are, download Speed Culture, the enthusiast mobile app. It is available on your Apple iPhone. Is that, did I say that right, Bobby? That is right. And your Android. And if you go to the website, the website is called speedcultureapp.com. Now, the big, big, big thing going on here next weekend, not this coming weekend, but next weekend, besides cars and coffee. Wait a minute. Next weekend is the first, first Saturday of the month, right, Bobby? The seventh. Yes. Okay. So we have Gene at uh, Garage One has got his uh, cars and coffee. The DuPont Registry has their cars and coffee, right? No, right? no, 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 not DuPont. No. Reeves, Reeves has Reeves. theirs. Reeves, Reeves has theirs, right? And uh, but we well, are those, those two are the second Saturday. No, they're the first Saturday of the month. There, okay. yeah, Reeves and Gene is. And then, but the most important thing is the best of the bay. You know what I like about best of the bay? Best of the bay, B O B, the Bob Show. No, the Bob Car Show. No. There we go. That was it. But anyway, the uh, Best of the Bay Car Show, May 7th between 4 and 7, no, 9 p.m. for the Best of the Bay Car Show. Speed Culture is doing our very first, we, Speed Culture, as in you, me, and Jeffy, or Jeffy, you, and I, are doing the first car show there. In fact, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be held at the Quaker Steak, did I say that right? Quaker Steak uh, Lube Restaurant, Quaker Steak and Lube. That's it. I'm too excited. All right. Man, I, I need to count to 10. One. To and take a deep breath. Don't make me come up. 
<laughs> yeah, but but it's uh, you know I'm really excited because it's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, so we're going to have a lot of the local car clubs. We're going to have everything from tuners, low riders, high rods, muscle cars, rat rods. We're going to have our good friend Mark Goodall is going to bring the Fast and Furious Charger. Okay, from the uh, Fast and Furious Four and Five. Uh, Mike Scheller is going to bring his winning all-time Bonneville Salt Flat 3334 Ford down there. That's going to be pretty cool. We got some other cool cars showing up there, but I'm going to keep those as a surprise. But anyway, check out the website. Go to Best of the Bay Car Show on our Speed Culture app and register now. Twenty bucks to get in. You're going to have free T-shirts. We're going to have prizes, giveaways, and you know what else we're going to do? We're going to do something really different. We're actually going to have video. We're going to have uh, a couple drones buzzing around there. We're going to have competition between car clubs, between car guys, and it's going to be really, really, really a lot of fun. But we're also going to set up FAA like, approved drones. <laughs> oh, FAA. Yeah, can't shoot them out of the sky. It's twenty thousand dollar fine and twenty years in prison, or whatever they call it. That we just find that out today. But anyway, what the hell is wrong with you all? <laughs> but anyway, so what we're going to do is we're going to set up kind of like we do here at the studio. We're going to actually have a chair, and I'm going to sit there with a mic, and I'm going to interview people. So we're going to get people around there that have cool cars, clubs, and stuff like that. We're going to interview it, and we're going to video it, and probably put it on YouTube. So that'll be the ultimate speed culture, kind of like... uh, uh from the epicenter of all things American rhythm and blues, rock and roll, barbecue celebration to you, Robert. Yeah, thank you, Uncle Ted. By the way, Ted, dude's coming to concert in, what, June, July? When is he coming back here, Bobby? We're going to try to get him on the show, too, right? All I know is he's supposed to be, like, uh, president in November, but I don't know. Something like that. Oh, yeah. Well, he, oh, yes, he's also going to be in concert. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> president Ted Nugent and uh, Donald Trump. He's going to be, yes, he's, he will be in concert in June, and we will be uh, we will be getting you more information and possibly some great fun stuff to win from Ruth Eckert Hall. Between now and then, right. Very good. Okay, so anyway, so Best of the Bay Car Show, we're looking forward to that. Now, that is pretty much everything for the Speed Culture Minute, okay, because there's other events going on, obviously, Quaker Steak Lube is every Thursday night. We have burgers every Saturday night. But there's all kinds of stuff. But if you go to Speed Culture, download the app, you can find out where all the cool stuff's going on. Matter of fact, let's see. Tomorrow night is Test and Tune over at uh, Showtime Speedway. I said it right, didn't I, Bobby? Yes. See, our, our, us old schoolers say uh, Sunshine Speedway. Just like we have a special, a very special guest coming on, and we may have a surprise special guest coming, calling in a little bit later. But we have a special guest coming on tonight that's really, really cool. This guy's got some unbelievable connections in the car world. Okay, let's just put it that way. But anyway, we were just talking a little bit earlier about, you know, the tracks, what they used to be called back in the day, you know, like Road Atlanta's Road Atlanta. We're talking about the Western tracks. I'll use that as an example, like where I'm from, Northern California. Sears Point is the original name of the of what they call today Sonoma Raceway. But at one point it was called, and I didn't know this, Golden Gate International Raceway. It was the Infineon. Is that what it was, Bobby, when you were out there a couple of years ago, Infineon Raceway? And uh, and then now it's back to Sonoma, which it was for a short period of time, but it's originally Sears Point. That's what it was when it was built back in the, in the uh, late, mid-60s, mid-60s. And then Laguna Seca, which is in Monterey, which is south of San Francisco, okay? I think they call it the Mazda International Raceway, or whatever they call it, but we still refer to it as Laguna Seca. In fact, Mazda Laguna Seca Raceway. Now. Is that what it is? Mazda? Okay, I say it wrong all the time because, hey, you know, I'm old school. So, But the, the thing is, is, we were joking about this earlier, and uh, it's funny because if you've been around, you'll know the names. If you're kind of a newbie, you, you know the new names, and we kind of throw you when we use the old names. At any rate, and another one which is up in... Uh, where is it? Wisconsin, no, Minnesota, Brainerd Raceway was called um, Donnybrook at one point in time. See, so some of the racetracks, you know, if they've, if they've gotten major sponsors, they've actually changed the name a little bit, or if the ownership's changed, or if big sponsors come in, they kind of like, in the case of Mazda, you know, because Mazda's 
throws a lot of uh, sponsorship money to the racetrack. And Laguna Seca, by the way, is a privately held track. It's owned by, I believe, Monterey County. It's one of the few tracks it is. And fortunately, thanks to our good friend out there, uh, Bruce Canapa, they did not take over because our I'm not going to say our friends necessarily, but the people that uh, operate International Speedway Corporation, which is the Daytona Motor Speedway people, the France family, tried to buy Laguna Seca. And what thank- the hell is wrong with you all? Yeah, and thankfully they didn't, because I'm not necessarily in agreement with the way they run their racing organization. Okay, so but they did take over Sebring and they did take over Road Atlanta, and you know those are both historic tracks, particularly particularly Sebring because that is probably the oldest road racing course. In the United States, that uh, still stands, you know, because they, they raced there, I think, in the late 40s. They had an unofficial race, I think, in the early 50, and then 51, I think, was the official first official 12-hour Sebring, or race at Sebring, okay? I think the 12-hour event took place a little bit later, a couple of years down the road, kind of like Daytona. Daytona had what they called the Continental Races, and then I think it was not, wasn't until the early 60s, like 63, 64, somewhere in there, when Daytona 24-hour became an official race, and they did that because they had to have a world event here to get FIA cars from Europe to compete here in the United States, although they had been competing all along. But, you know, the we needed something here in the United States that would rival the 24-hour Le Mans. But, by the way, May, besides being my, my precious little son's birthday month, May is also the month for, let's see, correct me if I'm wrong, Bobby, Indy 500 is in May. Duh, what else is in May? There's three big race, racing events. Uh, the I think the 24-hour Le Mans is May or maybe June. And then I think if you're in the horsies, the Kentucky Derby is in May or June somewhere. So May, June is kind of like huge racing months. Hey, so. I'm a thrilling, fun guy. If you're not having fun with me, you're weird. <laughs> the, Je, uh, the the Ted, Ted Nugent man. Okay, pretty cool dude. Anyway, let's see what else is going on. Who else is coming in concert? Let's see the uh, oh, ZZ Top's coming in concert, right, Bobby? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, let's see what else. So we got ZZ Top coming. We got uh, who else is coming that we want to go see? Um, Ted Nugent, obviously, and there's somebody else I can't remember. Bobby's going to go check Ruth Eckert Hall thingy. Bobby, you have something on a turn-up table that you might want to spin around and around and around and give our. Uh, our listeners, some uh, joyful music to listen to, some joyful rock and roll, something out of the 70s, perhaps. What do you got yeah, there? Yeah, we could uh, bring Jay Giles down from the uh, shelf here. and Oh, yeah, let's dig him out of the archives. Jay Giles, you know yeah. what? I think it was one of the guys from Jay Giles that, uh, believe it or not, is from New England or New England, Michigan area, someplace like that up north. But I think that he was, or one of the guys from the Jay Giles band, if I'm correct, was into road racing and collected vintage Ferraris. And they started a company up in New England called KTR Motorsports. And uh, they basically are a uh, racing race prep shop that basically maintains high-end road race cars that if you want to take them to, you know, Laguna Seca or Road Atlanta or Donnybrook or Road America or Mid-Ohio or someplace like that, uh, they will take care of your car. And all you have to do is show up with your racing suit and your helmet. So now right. we're going to give it to you. And we're going to give it to you. Okay, hey, you're tuning in to Nostalgic Video Cars. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. A little Jay Giles. You're so slick and good. Don't ever trick me now. You know I want it. I want it so bad. You know I need it. I can't believe it. So come on, baby. Please believe it. Got to give it to me.
listeners. This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Frustrated looking for car shows? Want the latest in automotive news? How about videos and podcasts? Well, check out Speed Culture, the comprehensive automotive app now available on Google Play and the App Store. Speed Culture brings you motorsports event listings based on your current location. Speed Culture also brings you the latest news feeds, videos, podcasts, and more. Speed Culture, the automotive enthusiast mobile app. For more information, check out speedcultureapp.com and download it today. This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer one, and great desserts. They even make the bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Lager Road near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. This is Tanner Faust, co-host of History Channel's Top Gear and all-around car lover. You're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back. Speaking of Tanner Faust, you know you're uh, year one. Uh, Top Gear. <laughs> I'll be okay. Top Gear was on, uh, I think it was Sunday, and it was kind of like an all-day on History Channel. So pretty cool, you know, because uh, Adam Farrar, we've met. He's a pretty cool guy. He's been on our show. Tanner Faust, obviously, we met. He's been on our show. And uh, while we were at Meekums this year, Bobby had an opportunity for the second time to talk to, and this time meet, uh, uh, Rutledge. And uh, so he's a pretty cool guy. In fact, what was funny is Bobby was out there on the, on the on the what do we call that thing? Oh, on the block. He was actually periscoping. And while he was periscoping, somebody from Meekums was kind of following you, right, Bobby? Yes, yeah, yeah, so I was out. Periscoping for Nostalgic Radio and Cars, which you can follow at NRC on Air. That was part of the story. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> basically, was, so I was out on the block periscoping uh, some cars, and the a and you, and lovely you, social media lady from uh, Meekums. Meekums comes up and uh, says, Oh, you're periscoping? And I say, Yeah. And then, uh, so I look over on her iPad and I see a Periscope video and I say, "Oh, you're periscoping too?" She goes, "No, I'm watching you." <laughs> that was, I was pretty like, cool. Wow. Yeah. And then we go back there and uh, backstage. Back. Well, yeah, behind the block. So uh, we go back there and Rutledge is back there and he's and then she goes, "So this is the Periscope guy." And he goes, "Oh, that's the Periscope guy." And that's that's that. So then he talked for a few minutes. That was pretty cool. And then uh, we ended up talking to some of the other guys there. So that was a lot of fun. Actually, you were a little bit nervous about it at first because you weren't sure, like, oh, I'm going to get in trouble. And it worked out very good in our favor. They loved us and they followed us and we followed them. And now we're a big, happy auction family. That's right. Now, we're going to have a special guest here on the phone here in a few minutes. But what we're going to do is I'm going to reiterate something or rehash something uh, because Jeff, Jeff, Icy, 
if we had time, we'll bring him on the phone, but well, we we're, we're running on time here. And uh, you know how that goes. I mean, here's the thing about the show. Sometimes you guys have no idea what goes on behind the scenes, and it's too complicated to explain, but sometimes we do some mad, mad scrambling here, don't we, Bobby? So at any rate, so what we got is uh, Jeff uh, reminded me, sent me a text, and, and if you guys want to text me, you can. I probably should give him my phone number, shouldn't I? But anyway, so but Jeff, he texts me and says, uh, hey, um, don't forget to mention that we're going to have photographers here. Yes, we're going to have... 727-441-3000, and I'll give you the number, or toll free, 1-866-826-1340. Yeah, right. And uh, But anyway, so uh, he just texted me and told me to remind everybody that we're going to have photographers running around there, too, so you can uh, you know throw them a few bucks, and they'll take some extra pictures for you. We're going to have the video guys set up there. We're going to have the drone dude buzzing around, so it should be pretty interesting. We're going to try to get this as much exposure as possible. This is an exercise in social media Speed culture, social media, right, Jeffy? If I say that, you can text me right back, which he's real good at texting. I'm not that good at it. And uh, he sent me a text here real quick. He says, models too. Models, you mean hot babes? Is that what you're talking about, Jeffy? Go ahead. See, he's listening, and he's texting me, you know? <laughs> so anyway, Bobby, go ahead and get our guests on the line. Let's go ahead. I thought we get something on the turntable here. So no, not yet. Are you still setting something up? Okay. Anyway, so, all right, so uh, we're going to have the speed culture thing. Now, see, we talked about the other car shows. What else? What did we do this past weekend? Let's see. Jeff and I went to, oh, I know what we did this past weekend. We went to Maximo Park down in St. Pete because there was a big bug fest going on down there. Now, it was really cool because Maximo, I hadn't been there in, like, forever, and I don't even remember it being called Maximo Park, but it's actually right there to the right of the Skyway, just before you go off the Skyway there where Skyway Jack's restaurant used to be back in the day, if you guys are familiar with the south side of uh, St. Pete, which is to the east of, uh, to the west of Pinellas Point. 300 shows. Mentioned that this, uh, the show, five, seven vendors, giveaways, interviews, photographers, models, uh, build in Bay. Uh huh. Okay, well, uh, go to speedcultureapp.com and Jeff's got everything up there. Built in the Bay magazine. What's that? I don't even know what that. You know, he's sending me these little, uh, like notes. Like, what do you call this? He's sending me, like, uh, shorthand. And, uh, anyway. So, anyway, show up for Best of the Bay. That's all I can tell you. May 7th, between 4 and 9 p.m. at Quaker Steak and Lube on 49th Street, okay? Best of the Bay Car Show, brought to you, sponsored by Speed Culture, right? Oh, yeah, don't forget. In fact, uh, a big shout-out to our friends at Loki Volkswagen. They are going to bring down some bad little VWs, okay? They're going to bring down some souped-up four, 500 horsepower, 700 horsepower, if I, if I understood the guy correctly, Volkswagen GTIs or Volkswagen Wabbits. So that should be pretty cool. So a big shout-out to Spencer and uh, a big shout-out to Pat Moss up there at Loki Volkswagen. And uh, so it should be a lot of fun. And we're looking forward to having those guys down there. He's going to bring his motorcycle, too, so we'll have a motorcycle. Matter of fact, if you get a bike. Matter of fact, if you still, we have 253, 250 cars, 250, 260 cars registered already for Best of the Bay. We probably have room for more cars. If you want to, go online, go to the website, speedcultureapp.com, and register for Best of the Bay. Bobby, we got a guest on the line? We got down in Monterey. We got down in Monterey. Hey, since we're on this nostalgia kick, and we're talking about California and Sears Point and Laguna Seca, let's play the little animals in Monterey. Hey, you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio Cars. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back with our special guest for the evening. The people came and listened. Some of them came and played. Others came flowers away. Yes, they did. Children dance not in day 
Roger, sir, may I be of some help? That's funny. My name is Roger. Two Rogers don't make a right. <laughs> Roger, I have a problem. Yes. I've been in L.A. for three months now. I have money, I have taste. But I'm not on anybody's A-list, and Saturday night is the loneliest night of the week for me. Well, a Ferrari would certainly change that. Perhaps. Hmm. But, you know, this is the one. Yes, yes, yes. I saw three of these... Parked outside the local Starbucks this morning, which tells me only one thing. There's too many self-indulgent wieners in this city with too much bloody money. Now, if I was driving a 1967 275 GTB 4 cam... You would not be a self-indulgent wiener, sir. You would be a connoisseur. Precisely. Champagne would fall from the heavens, doors would open, velvet robes would part. I don't have one here. However, I... You have one in the warehouse. Superb. What else do you have in the warehouse? Okay, we're back, and you're tuned in to... Wait a minute. What else is in the warehouse? That's my favorite line. I actually use it a lot. Okay. Hey, welcome back. You're tuning into Nostalgia Freedom Cars. And one more thing I forgot to tell you. Don't forget to tune in next week. We will make an announcement. But we're going to do a special Speed Culture pilot radio show. Right, Bobby? Yes, we're going to try it out here on the Tantalk Radio Network. So stay tuned. You may even hear some ads on the air. Yep. And Check then uh, that'll be next uh, to Wednesday or Thursday night. Anyway, hey, it's time to introduce our special guest for the evening. You guys all are familiar with Jay Leno's Garage, right? But you know what? There's a very, very important person that's involved with Jay Leno's Garage. In fact, he is probably the number two guy, actually number one guy, I would think, in Jay Leno's Garage, besides Jay Leno, and that is Bernard Yusli, and I think I pronounced it right. I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening. How you doing? Oh, we're doing great. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, tell us a little bit about yourself. Now, did I pronounce your name right? It's Bernard Bernard Yusli, if I Yusli, if I pronounce it in German, correct? Yeah, yeah. It's it's Swiss, and nobody knows how to pronounce it. Nobody. <laughs> Bernard. Bernard. Okay. <laughs> well, Bernard. So you're Swiss. So give us a little background. Where did you? Whereabouts in Switzerland are you from? And uh, how did your 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 enthusiasm and your appetite for uh, cars develop? Well, I, I was born into it. My my dad had a Volkswagen and Porsche dealership in, uh, just outside of Zurich, and so I I grew up in it in with cars, you know. And so consequently, I I wound up being a mechanic and. Mess around with cars all of my life. Interesting, interesting. Now, if you were in Zurich and you were messing around with Porsches and stuff like that, did you get the chance to see some really cool cars? And what era would have that been, roughly? Oh, uh, that was like in the, you know, we left Switzerland in 65 to come to the States. And um, I was just a young guy at the time. So I didn't, I, although I messed around in the garage a lot and got chased out a lot. But, uh, um, of course, at that time, I, I think the coolest car we ever got in there at the time was like a, a two-liter Carrera um, that my, my dad was rebuilding. And uh, 
So, yeah, I, I grew up with all that stuff. That's excellent. Now, it's funny that you mentioned uh, the era because I am a huge and a collector of 356 Porsches. So that's really the cars that I enjoy a lot. So uh, the, the when you were growing up, did you go through any kind of apprenticeship or anything like that at your dad's shop? Well, no, I was too young for that. Um, so when we came to the States, I wanted to get into aviation. And so I went to college and got my my A&P license. I got a commercial pilot's license. But I couldn't make any money flying airplanes or fixing them. So I, I went back to cars. Interesting. So, so when you moved to California from Switzerland, where did you move to? We went to Santa Cruz. My, I had an aunt that lived there. So that's where we went. Santa Cruz. Well, that's a pretty area. That's uh, basically on the almost Monterey, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, it's about forty-five minutes from Monterey. Excellent, excellent. Well, let me ask you this now: um, when you were at Monterey, when you were in Santa Cruz, did you get a chance to go down to Laguna Seca to some of the races? Yeah, Laguna Seca is kind of the home track for that area, you know. So uh, we went down. I, I remember watching Can Am races and Trans Am races down at Laguna, and, and yeah, we we're, were always hanging out down there. Interesting. Now, was your dad, was he into racing and stuff, too, or did he have any cars? No, that he com- you know, him being Swiss, and, and it, it, he was too sensible to get into something as foolish as racing. So, you know, he pretty much stayed away from that. Okay. Now, <laughs> when you when you guys were in, in Switzerland, you know, kind of put this in perspective for the guys here in the United States. You know, when you see a Porsche dealership today and a Volkswagen dealership today, and even in the 50s and 60s, you know, uh, they were relatively decent size here in the United States. But over there in Europe, and I'm not sure how it was in Switzerland because that was Zurich is a big city, and if you were, you know, close by. But they would have been pretty much like a small little mom-and-pop shop back in those days, right? Yeah, it, and, and ours was, you know, so anytime somebody wanted a car, we ordered it from Porsche or from Volkswagen, and it came in two months later, you know. It's it's not like here in the States where you have all the cars sitting on the lot, and you go walk in and say, hey, I want the red one over there. You know? <laughs> right, right. When you were in Santa Cruz, um, there was a Porsche. Well, let me let me go back here. Now, going up, I can't remember which road it is. Is it 17 that goes over to San Jose? Is that the Yes. Okay. Yep. When you were a kid, did you go to Santa's Village? I don't, I don't know if I ever went there. I was I was too old for Santa's Village, I think. You were too old for Santa's Village? <laughs> I, I drove by it almost every day, especially when I moved, uh, started working in San Jose. Okay. I, I drove by it every day, yeah. yeah. Okay, because when I was a kid, you know, we lived in Marin County, so, and we had a place in San Jose, too, so we used to, you know, that was our thing, to drive to Santa Cruz, go to the beach, and then go to Santa's Village, of course. Yeah, yeah. That, that was in the 60s. But, okay, well, let me ask you this now. So you worked in San Jose? What did you do in San Jose? Uh, I worked for, well, first I worked, you know, started working on airplanes, but like I said, I, there wasn't any money in airplanes, so I started. A friend of mine that I went to high school with uh, was service manager at uh, Los Gatos British Motors, and so he offered me a job for a lot more money than the airport could could do, so I went to work, started working on Jaguars. Okay, you didn't go to a Porsche or Volkswagen dealership? No, no. Wow, that's surprising. yeah. yeah. Well, it was an opportunity to go and, you know, make some money and start working. And so Jaguars and, like, like MGs and, you know, that kind of stuff that we had at the time. Okay. Uh, well, now from a mecha- mechanics perspective, um, Jaguar, you know, British cars compared to German cars, what are your thoughts? Well, uh, you know, I mean, the, the the German cars were mechanically a lot better off than the, the, the British ones, you know. I mean, of course, Jaguar had a reputation for breaking down on a constant basis. And uh, which provided a lot of work for us, and uh, so it. Uh, 
But the, the, the British cars had a lot of character and a lot of soul, more so than the Germans. You know, the Germans were very exact and very precise and, you know, got you there every day. And with a uh, British car, if you tried to commute with it, you didn't know if you're going to make it to work every day. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it was an adventure. Every day was a new adventure. Okay. Now, back then, if you were in Los Gatos, then, okay, so you're up there working for a Jaguar dealership, and what other, what other cars did they have in their franchise, in their dealership, or their service? Center? Well, of course, we had, you know, all the British stuff, MG, Triumph, Jaguars, Jensen, Heelys, uh, there was a few roles that came in, and then they had another concurrent dealership with uh, Saab, and I hated those things. <laughs> I hated those things with a passion. You mean you didn't like the little two-stroke little Saab sonnets? Yeah, this was after that already, where where they had the V fours. Okay. And and the ninety nines with with their their you know bread butter car motor like a same motor like a TR seven had. Mm hmm. And and they were just always in trouble. <laughs> you're you're politely putting it. <laughs> okay, good. So then, how how does it did you came to racing? Well, you know, of course. Coming out of Switzerland, there's not a whole lot of racing going on. Although we had we had Seifert yeah. as a as a nation or national driver. Yeah, Joe Seifert, very good driver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Regazzoni. Regazzoni, then yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we were we kind of exposed a little bit to it, but, but I actually got exposed to it once I came over here. Okay. Started racing motorcycles, and then eventually cars, then back to motorcycles, some more cars. In, in, in between that, I, I started skydiving, and uh, so I, I did all kinds of weird stuff. So you're an adventurous kind of guy. Yeah, even yeah, even in Switzerland, I was a downhill skier. Oh, okay. And uh, I did I did okay. I did actually pretty good on the downhills, but I on China slalom I I could do, but slalom that wasn't for me because I kept getting my skis all tangled up. I wanted to go fast. I didn't want to go slow through all these gates, you know. Okay. So I didn't do real well on the slaloms. Where did you ski a lot? Did you up there? Well, St. Moritz is not too far from where you guys were, right? Uh, it, it is, but but we had a we had a cabin in Flumes. Okay. Uh, which is, uh, you know, we had a cabin up in the mountains, so that's where we went. Okay. About three hours from Zurich. Okay. Is that uh, towards the Italian border or is that towards France? Uh, actually, to- toward Austria. Towards Austria? Oh, yeah. Where's today? Gallen. is the canton. Oh, okay. So... So you're in Richtung Tirol, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Super. Okay, good. Uh, well, then, uh, well, let me ask you this. Since you're kind of a car enthusiast and you were kind of like Porsches and you're Jaguars, you obviously had to be fussy about the skis that you used back in the day. So what kind of skis did you use? Kneisel or Kessler or what did you use? Yeah, I, I got skis from Kneisel. Okay. They, uh, they actually sponsored me. Did they? So, so I got skis for free. Okay. And so, of course, I used their skis all the time. And they were pretty much top-notch skis at the time. Oh, yeah, Knaisel, Red Star, White Star, I think, was the top of the line, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. What kind of bindings did you use? Uh, marker. Marker, okay. And and boots? Uh, just... Koflach? No, I don't even remember what we had for boots. I know they had a lot of... They weren't the... We were just getting started with buckle boots at the time. Right. Um... Uh, you know, they were expensive back then, weren't they, buckle boots? Because oh, yeah. we had laces. I remember when I was a kid, too. Yeah, laces that would freeze up in the wintertime, and you couldn't get them off when yep. you got back to the cabin. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. 
Oh, wait a minute. I know which bindings you might have used. You might have used... Oh, no, you use Markle. Okay, because I use Gatesay bindings. Gizzy or Gizzy Gatesay, we used to call them over there. And mm-hmm. uh, and Kessler skis and uh, Koflach shoes. So, you know, kind of, you know, the, the full Austrian trick there, you know. Yeah. The, you know, or uh, Tyrolia bindings or whatever people want to use. Okay. Yeah. So when yeah. did you start um, When did you start getting into racing here in the United States? And what was one of the first cars you drove? Well, actually, I was in high school, and my high school teach- teacher... My auto shop teacher in high school, I have to blame him for it. Okay. Um, we built a Formula B in, in high school in, in the auto shop class, uh-huh. and then we went out racing. Okay. And uh, my teacher, he was racing. I mean, he was the driver. And then one day he goes, here, put this suit on and go take it for a drive. And so that's where it all started. Okay. So I have him to blame for it. He, well, that's good. He afflicted with this disease. He afflicted. <laughs> now I can't get rid of it. <laughs> Did you, uh, okay, did you go to high school in Santa Cruz or San Jose? Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz, okay. So then yeah. you, when you Actually went. Actually in SoCal. SoCal? Yeah. Okay. So when you went, when you went to, uh, when you started racing, did you do like autocrossing or did you go right to a, a track? Actually, I, I started autocross with a, with a Cooper S. Oh, really? A little mini. Mini Cooper S. And, uh-huh. and then we put it on the track, SECA. Uh huh. We raced that for some time. And then the Formula, the V. Uh, and I got moved up into Formula Ford. Wow. And, uh, so it, it was kind of a progression there. I like Formula cars. I, I still have a Formula Atlantic car that I race. Oh, really? In, in vintage, yeah, I have a Chevron B34. Uh, what does that have for motor in it? There's the Formula Atlantic. They could have a number. They could have like a little Cosworth motor in them, right? Well, in, in those days, yeah, they were Cosworth. Okay. 1600 BDAs. Okay. Um, and I have a two-liter for it too. And when I race it with a two-liter in it, it'll run as a Formula Two car. Oh, so he just bumped you up a class? Well, yeah, because basically the only difference between the the Atlantic and the Formula Two is the size of the motor. The motor, right? Exactly. Brakes and tires and all that—that's all identical. Okay, and the Formula Atlantic's a little bit more serious than a Formula V or a Formula Ford, right? Oh yeah, it's got like 14-inch slicks on the back and 10-inch slicks on the front. And Got wings, downforce. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty serious race car. Interesting that you mentioned that because I've had Dan Gurney, Mario Andretti, Pernella Jones, people like that, um, and Brian Redman, and uh, who, by the way, was a real good friend with Joe Seifert. Um, and it was that's uh, I think after his when he got killed, that's when uh, Brian Redman said, "I'm done." Yeah. But um, and I think that was at Spa, right? Isn't that where he got killed? I think so. Okay. And uh, but at any rate, um but all these guys that are GT road racers love and Sam Posey as well, I might throw that in there, his name too, because he's a good guy. All these guys love open wheel cars. What is it about open wheel cars that you guys like? Well, an open wheel car is a purpose built race car. There's no compromises. You know, like even if you get into a sports racer there's a compromise because now you gotta have two seats. Okay. Which puts the driver off center. Formula car is purpose-built. The only thing it's designed to do is go fast. Okay. It has no other reason for being. And it's usually cutting-edge of technology. You know, if you look at Formula One, for, for decades, has been cutting-edge on, on technology. There's a lot of technology that came out of Formula One that's now used in different cars. That's true. Uh, but the Formula car is, is, is absolute pure racing. Okay. No cup holders, no cigarette lighters, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. 
Well, now, um, when you were started out and you started racing in Formula V, Formula Ford, and then you moved your way up, did you guys use uh, Laguna Seca a lot? Was that like kind of like your home track back then? Uh, either Laguna Seca, but I think more so even Sears Point. Really? Sears Point? No kidding. Yeah, because Laguna, you know, being a military base at the time, it was difficult to get races there. Uh-huh. Uh, where Sears Point being a private track, it was a lot easier to get races on there. Okay. And Sears Point wasn't that much farther for us to travel from from Santa Cruz. Okay. Uh, and I mean Sears is an awesome track. It's very technical. Yes. Difficult track. It's you don't get any break at, at Sears Point. Like we were just at Willow Springs last weekend and you got the back straight and the front straight, you can kinda of take a rest, look at the gauges or whatever. Uh-huh. Um at Sears Point it's one corner leap into the next. There there really is no time to rest. So it, it's it's technical it's difficult it's demanding well yeah plus like i said the uphill downhill the topos and you're right because you have only a short distance between turns and if there's not a turn there's a kink in the road so you still have to pay attention the whole time well yeah you're like i say you're you're either exiting a turn or getting set up to enter a turn Mm -hmm. so that the little bit of short straightaways you're you're still turning one way or the other interesting now when you guys travel um do you go how far east do you go do you go to uh, vintage races do you ten tracks uh well we went to mid ohio once okay uh we went elkhart lake um i've gone with the chevron i've gone to to uh, uh florida sebring oh you've been to sebring good and and then with a the motorcycle we've gone to barber okay alabama and, and daytona okay Right now we're talking about maybe going to Indy with the Chevron this year. Oh, that'd be interesting, yeah, because they got a nice infield there. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever been to Road to Atlanta? No. No? You'd, I think you'd li- almost like that track because that's very similar. Kind of, uh, It's a cross between Sonoma and Sears Point. Yeah. Excuse you me, Laguna Seca like and Sears Point. I, I, what's on my bucket list is, I li- and if I can ever get the two, two races like back-to-back, is go to Watkins Glen. Oh, yes. And some years ago, they had another race the following weekend at Montreblanc. In Canada, absolutely. Canada. So if if that ever occurs again, I want to I want to go do those two races. That's kind of on my bucket list, you know. Yeah. Well, then, do you do you race strictly the open wheel car, or do you have a GT car that you run too, a closed wheel car? You know, a four corner no. four wheel. I I used to race a Jaguar E Type for about fifteen years. Uh huh. And I sold it in order to get. Uh, in fact, that car's in Florida now. Really. Um, uh, I'd sold it to get back into a formula car. I just wanted to get back into the formula car. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I, I race a uh, motorcycle. I have a two, 250 GP bike, and oh. I have a 404 Honda vintage bike. And then four years ago, I screwed up and started racing a sidecar. So now I got hooked on that. So now I'm racing a Formula One sidecar. Wow, and, uh, you have a full I, plate. I got a uh, national championship the last two years, 14 and 15 and uh, with Arma. In Formula One sidecar. Now, now tell us a little bit. How does that explain that to me? I'm not real familiar with it. I've, I've seen it, but I don't know the details. So give us the details on that. Well, a Formula One sidecar is sometimes referred to as a long car. Right. It has the motor behind the driver. It's not so much a motorcycle anymore. It's basically a three wheel car because it has sports car type suspension, A frame, center hub steering, no swing arm or front fork. Um, they're pretty fast. They do about 170 miles an hour. Oh. Um, of course, two people on it. Um, they weigh about 600 pounds, 200 horsepower motorcycle engine. 
What type yeah. of engine that are you using? Uh, the one I have right now is a is a Suzuki, 2006 Suzuki, and I built a new sidecar which had an unfortunate mishap at Willow Springs last weekend. Oh, <laughs> it burned to the ground. Burned to the ground. Yeah, it had a Yamaha R1, a 2012 Yamaha R1. Okay, that's about 170 horsepower. Yeah, this one was built. Built. Okay. Now that so we're looking probably 200 horse. Okay, the Suzuki motor. That's not a Hayabusa by any chance, is it? No, no, no. It's a 1,000. Oh, it's 1,000. That's, that's okay. the class limit is 1,000. Oh, okay. In CCs. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So when do you find time to do all this stuff? Because you're basically the number one guy there at Jay Leno's Garage. What does Jay do when you're not around? When you're when when you're out racing, having a good time, what does he do? Well, you know, he he's been working a lot, especially the last you know few months uh, on his new show, uh-huh. the second season on CNBC. Right. Jay Leno's uh, so Garage. He's been out working a lot, and you know he's he's really great. I mean, he goes, you know, I tell him, hey, I want to go. Like tomorrow, we're leaving for Sears, and he goes. Okay, have a good time. You know, I'll see you when you get back. And then he calls me a couple of times over the weekend, see how I'm doing, and make sure I come back. Does he go to some of the races with you and kind of sneak in, sneak out? We well, see he's done a couple of t- local races. You know, he doesn't go very far. Okay, but he's gone to uh, Fontana a couple of times and Button Willow, Willow Springs. Those are all within like an hour, hour and a half from here. Uh huh. So that's about the, the end of his comfort range. You know. I gotcha. Okay. Does he do any racing, any vintage stuff himself, or does he? No, you know he he's so wound up tight all the time that he he can't he can't spend a day at the racetrack waiting for his race to come up. He just he just wants to jump in his car and go for a ride. Okay. And, and so racing is that's not that's not where he's at. How did you guys meet? Well, he had a uh, Jaguar XK120 that broke a camshaft, and he needed the head redone. So he started looking around, and I was racing my E-Type at the time, and I probably had the fastest E-Type on the West Coast. I know I had the fastest on the West Coast. I don't know about nationwide, but uh, so he found me through that, and uh, I did the cylinder head for him, and he was happy with that. And then uh, a couple of years later, he found out I was going to you know, sell my business and like semi-retire, and uh, so he offered me a job, made me an offer I couldn't refuse. <laughs> so, now, so now I'm semi-retired which means I've cut back to 60 hours a week, and I try not to work on Sundays. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's my retirement. Semi-retirement. Well, now, when you, you so you had a shop then at one point in time? Where was that shop? Was that in the uh, Bay Area, or was that down in Los yeah, Angeles? I, I had a Jaguar service and repair shop in Los Gatos. Oh, okay. Um, and I had that for 20 years. Oh. That's how I financed. Uh, racing my Jaguar. Well, let me throw this name out to you. Since you're a Jaguar guy and you were the, on the uh, West Coast there, does the name Larry Ligus and Predator Motorsports ring a bell? Yes. Okay, Larry's a good friend of mine. He Predator Motorsports is right here in town, so I know those guys because they are the Jag guys over here on the East Coast of the United States, or at least in Florida anyway. Predator, they do a, a, a replica, C-type replica or something? Uh, he... I, no, he's not doing C-types, but uh, Larry's brother at one point in time was doing, what was that real funny-looking Jag that they made, that mid-engine deal that they made for a short period of time? Really exotic-looking, almost looked like a Ferrari. Does that 13 That's it. Yeah. They made a few of those. Uh-huh. I think I think my Jag is a Predator now. Oh, is it? Yeah. What color is it? In fact, I'll tell you what, if you want, send me the email, uh, the number, and we'll do that after the show, and uh, I can go check it because I see those guys all the time. I do appraisals and PPIs, pre-purchase inspections, evaluations, and Uh I've done some for them over the years. It's a green and yellow Jag. A green and yellow Jag? 63 E-type coupe. Okay. 
Oh, wait a minute. Okay, I used to be the fastest car on the West Coast. Oh, now that rings a bell. I have to take a look at that. Yeah, that was my car. I built that car. Interesting. Actually, it was a car that came out of England, but it was ter- terribly rusty, and so a bunch of time rebuild- restoring that car and rebuilding it. And great, great car. Great car. Okay, I'm going to have to check that out. So you're going to be at uh, Sears Point this weekend. Yes. And you're going to be racing your Formula... Pardon me? My Formula One sidecar. Your Formula One sidecar. Okay. So uh, just just out of curiosity to say, what's your time that takes you to lap around the track? I don't... I'm not sure. You're not um, sure? I think that's a... It's a two-mile track, right? A little over two, two miles? Two? I think it's two and a half miles. Okay. Um, so really... No. Fast car should get around there in under two minutes. So like a minute 40 or something like that sounds about right? Does that sound about uh, right? We're probably a little bit above that. We're probably a minute 45, minute 50. Okay. That's still pretty fast because that's, like you said, that's a very technical and busy track. you got to pay attention yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Interesting. So we got a few minutes left. So what is your aspirations? Besides, now that you're semi-retired and you're racing sidecars and Formula Atlantics and, and whatever else you got, you're probably still flying, right? Uh, no, flying had to take a back seat, so I, I haven't been doing that because I've been con- concentrating on racing all the time. Okay. You know, we, we run like probably 18 races a year between the cars and the bikes, and so which is a, which is a lot of maintenance for one guy. Wow, you keep pretty busy. Well, yeah. Bernard, we're up against the clock. I want to thank you very much for taking a few minutes and hanging out with us here at Nostalgic Radio Card. Bernard, you, you, I should say, you Usually, yeah, right. Okay. Uh, Jay Leno's right hand man from Jay's Garage hanging out with us here on Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Bernard, thank you very much for coming out. Wish you the best of luck this weekend. Hope you win. Be very careful. And if I ever get out to L.A. for the uh, for the Porsche thing, I'll definitely stop by and uh, you do that. Absolutely. See you guys at Jay's Garage. And uh, I want to thank you again very much for coming on. Say hi to Jay and tell him we'd love to have him on again. In the meantime, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Be sure and tell your friends to tune in every Tuesday night for the most legendary and fascinating names in motorsports. Don't forget to check out our website, Gulfstream Motors. Sports.com. If you miss any of our past shows, visit Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't forget, Speed Culture, Best of the Bay Car Show, May 7th at Quaker Steak and Lube. In the meantime, everybody stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. I don't mean to be telling tales out of school, but there's a fella in there who'll pay you $10 if you sing into his can. Downtown Dave. I'm not here to take a record, you dumb cracker. They broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WDTF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen. You dumb cracker. In your arms, country in your arms.